Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Meta Era Nerd Podcast, where we love to bring you the latest in games, anime, and entertainment. We love to talk, we love to discuss, and best of all, we love to enjoy the best stories the world have to offer from beautiful beginnings to epic conclusions. You know what I'm talking about, not just from Attack on Time, but of course, video games. So how you doing, Rico? You doing all right? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, a good week, a very busy week in the news and stuff like that. Uh, but as always, it's always great like to have something going on, something coming out, uh, you know, something to watch, something to look forward to. Uh, games to play so it's been a good week for me how about you it's been a great week i know i haven't finished one piece i know i said epic inclusions and i have not there yet but um that did take i hadn't really seen anything as far as anime in terms of um anything else besides one piece i had watched oshinoko loved the first few episodes put it off until more came out obviously but attack on titan was released yesterday and we'll get more into that later but just to kind of mention it briefly I did watch the ending, I, and I know you did too, so we'll get more into that later, but I did also play um, Super Mario Wonder. I did beat Zelda. I did collect all the Korok seeds. I did the shrines. I did everything you could in that damn game, except obviously, you know, upgrade your clothing because that'd be another 100 hours or so, but loved it. I, I was telling you last week as far as Zelda was concerned, just the, you know, the way it made me feel, you know, as growing up, you know, I was, I was telling Rico, oh, I shed, I shed happy tears. I was super excited to finish it. Loved the ending. I, you know, and I love the journey. Um, but again, I'll get more into that later on down the road. Maybe when we get to the video game section, just so I'm not taking up the entire introduction. And then I played some Mario Wonder. Four day, started it four days ago. Beat it last night. But then there was a hard, hard level. And again, I'll explain more of that later on down the, you know, down the podcast. And there was the last, last mission or the last level is called the final, final badge challenge. And that was that <laughs> that was a hell of a story. But I'll explain more of that a little later, maybe toward the end of the podcast where, you know, we have time to discuss that we can get into the news quickly. But did a lot, played a lot, r- really enjoyed my week as far as entertainment, games and stuff like that. Now I'm, I have that those empty feelings in your chest where it's kind of like, well, you need to fill the void in some capacity as far as the game's concerned. So I need to double check which game I'm going to take out next, which game I'm going to play on my Switch. And, you know, I know there's a lot coming up. Spider-Man, Alan Wake, Star Ocean, I think is one that I do want to pick up and play. Super Mario RPG is coming out in about a week and a half. So there's a lot, <laughs> to say the least. But yeah. yeah. You can go ahead and kick us off. You want to kick us off? or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did get a trailer this week. Well, of course, we're going to go with anime first. Um, we did get a trailer this week for The Boy and the Heron, the uh, the oh, the dubbed version, So, which was so pretty good. interesting. Like, I was real curious because, obviously, with that big cast, uh, you want to go and try and see if you can hear some of those voices that you're familiar with. Uh, so uh, I did check that out. looks cool. Again, that's coming to the U.S. December 8th. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, other thing that's been going around, I have not seen it from really, really big publications yet. But there's a rumor. Uh, again, I'm marking it as not sure if it's real yet. But the rumor is that Arcane Season 2 reportedly coming to Netflix in November of 2024. Again, take it with a grain of salt because we're not seeing it from... It's not an official announcement. We haven't seen it from any of the big publications, you know, that are going to be on top of this and report it all right away. I just saw it floating around on Twitter and people talking about it. Uh, but, you know, with Arcane being as 
popular as it was and uh league of legends you know it's gonna remain popular as well uh that's always big news and that's something we've been looking forward to both you and i uh and you know many people <laughs> that loved arcane season one so uh yeah we'll we'll have a look out for that any thoughts on uh, on that yeah i mean obviously we just we're trying to we, we probably just are hoping it's real right <laughs> Yeah, so so let me let, let me give you thoughts on both of them. I know the boy and the hair on again. Studio Ghibli was supposed to be uh, uh, Miyazaki's again. He's been retiring for the past you know ten years and has retired, and this was supposed to be the next one or whatever. But um, the cast, like we had mentioned, was huge, huge, and one of the ones that really took me by surprise was the gray hair on when I heard it and I said, I said, is that, is that William Dafoe? And I said, no, I was like, it's not, it's, it's Robert Pattinson. I kept hearing, I was, I was smiling, I was giggling. I, had, I, I was having a good time with just the trailer. And the best part about the trailer is that if you've seen all the Miyazaki films, Howl's Moving Castle, right? We love the journey, we love the adventure. You have Howl's Moving Castle vibes, Castle in the Sky vibes. My, my personal favorites have always been the one with adventure and adventure story to them. And this one looks right down that, that path. So I was super excited, super giddy. Again, we do have Dave Bautista, Christian Bale, William Dafoe, Mark Hamill, uh, Robert Pattinson, Florence Pugh. And you heard some of those voices, but Robert Pattinson was, and he plays a great heron, was exceptional. So I'm super excited. It looks whimsical. It looks fun. Can't wait. It's it's going to be good. So if you haven't checked out the trailer, check it out so you can get on that hype train. The second thing was obviously Arcane Season 2 um, coming out in November 2024. I remember, what was it? I know Netflix has like their show. They have like a show they do year round where they kind of announce new things and I don't know what. It's where they announced the Kid Cudi um, movie for the first time. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, Intergalactic. Uh, yeah, they I have mean, like that whole week or like those couple days where when, they do like that whole... When was, I think it was, it, it must have been, it was um, months ago. It might have been like last or this past January, past February of Geek, 2023. Geek Week. Yeah. Geek Week. And and whenever Geek Week falls, I remember they did talk about Arcane at that time. And all they said was 2024. And I remember thinking like that is such a long way away. Uh, I remember thinking like a year and a half or so, two years. And I said, damn, it's not, it's not next December, but the following December, it was going to be a while back. So that does kind of fit that timeline that they, I think they initially give us. I, I know it's going to be more, it, it's more along the lines of the same time frame, either way. So um, the fact that it, these rumors are starting to surface is, I think, a good sign that it's still pretty much on track, I would say, or it's, you know, it's pretty much still there, pretty much alive. So we should be getting more, obviously, in the next few months, definitely by next year. Um, I, I call it, you Go ahead. Let me tell. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I looked up Geek Week, and apparently Geek Week starts tomorrow. Oh, really? Apparently, Geek Week starts tomorrow. That... Uh, Going to be from November sixth <laughs> through the twelfth. So we can actually probably look forward to some news on this exactly um, in the next few days. <laughs> there you go. You see, and again, I was like, man, what was it? okay? Then it wasn't last January. It was a few months before that because I do remember thinking, like, damn, it's gonna be at two years because they did say it, it was 2022. They did say 2024. So again, that does kind of fit the timeline. Now, re, re, I don't think maybe the writer strike maybe but kind of moved it back, but it still seems again like it's pretty much still on track, man. So and it's funny that the river came up and you know again putting pieces together and obviously. So I would not be surprised, like Rico mentioned, that we get some sort of arcane news it makes sense because arcane is it's one of the heavy hitters it's become one of netflix heavy hitters we know which ones they are um so we're i'm excited now again anything give me a little anything arcane shoot if they even excite us with a cyberpunk 
uh, another anime, and nothing's come out, right? But it'd be cool to have another cyberpunk anime adaptation or something like that. So that'd be cool too. But yeah, man, I'm excited. So now I'm excited for Geek Week. See what they come up with. Because again, yeah. Geek Week did give us some great stuff last week or last well, year. Well, and we have a lot of stuff to anticipate. I know people have been talking about uh, that new Zack Snyder series or movie, Rebel Moon. Uh, we're still waiting. We haven't seen heard anything from Stranger Things in quite a while so that would be real big uh avatar we know is coming to netflix uh soon and even though we've seen like cast and all that we haven't really seen much other than like photos and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. so maybe we get a little sneak peek there Um, hey rebel moon man i'm glad you mentioned that dude that that would be i remember just thinking watching the trailer i knew it mentioned it right just what we're gonna it's gonna be a little bit of everything so i'm curious to see more or less what comes out of that so again now that you mentioned Geek Week, I'm glad you looked it up. I'm excited for Geek Week again. You know, some surprises, some good stuff, and some shows coming to Netflix. I know you and I are always uh, uh, just super hyped, and especially when it comes to properties. Like, obviously, the new stuff, but anything that they want to adapt that is something we didn't think they would. I mean, we're going to get on that. Arcane, Cyberpunk, being those those two there. So I'm Scott excited. Pilgrim? Spot, Spot, Scott Pilgrim? Scott, Scott, Scott Pilgrim? That's because... With the, with the cast? So that's... All returning. And, and I think it's going to be very successful as anime. It's going to... It's gonna be good. I, I think. I think Netflix is doing some good things, except raising their their prices. But <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah, haters. That's good. Yeah, good. But good stuff, nonetheless. Uh, the last thing I had with, uh, per, at least pertaining strictly to anime, was just Attack on Titan. I also watched the ending today. Uh, we both did, right? So, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. I know we uh, we always talk about it, like we read the manga and having to kind of keep our mouths shut. Uh, for this long has been tough um so we're going i I guess our plan is probably to have a separate discussion for us kind of like like taking off the gloves completely and saying what we thought what we like what we didn't like whatever uh which one we preferred also was kind of one of the things i wanted to discuss um but that'll be separate uh at least in depth uh, with spoilers and all that that way if you don't want to be spoiled or anything like that you're still watching you're in the process or you haven't had time to watch the ending yet you can kind of just skip that and then listen to it afterwards if you want to right mm-hmm. uh yeah. but but just uh, kind of brief um thoughts did you like it one of the things and i've i've been very vocal from the get-go you know it's is when we read the manga the anime did some stuff that i actually really liked in, in the sense of for, mostly for the people who just, you know, didn't understand or just ran their mouth and stuff like that. But in my case, I was kind of, well, you know, I do like some of the stuff where we have to plug in the puzzle pieces and kind of figure it out for ourselves, which the anime kind of did, you know, take, take away from. Again, for a good reason, nonetheless. And, uh, initial thoughts, I was always, I always liked it regardless of you know i was a minority i think i don't know if i was the minority the majority i'm not sure the people who hated it were just a vocal minority or what but i liked the ending you know first and foremost and like rico said we are gonna get as to why um some of the stuff that i enjoyed some of the stuff that i liked just some of the themes and again just being a fan of stories and just being able to really hone in on some of the themes that 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 the the author wanted to really get out there i thought i I thought he did a damn great job of expressing those themes and just what it really means, you know, for war and peace and freedom and just, you know, what nations and countries kind of go through in these things. But I don't want to say too, too much because otherwise I already feel myself going <laughs> on this tangent and I'm I'm trying not to right now, but yeah. I liked it. I liked it first and foremost. I, I was 
uh, yeah, it had its things, you know, here and there, but ultimately, uh, I I liked it. I, I really do. Yeah, I agree. It, it's not without its issues, which I I do have a list, but uh, but I enjoyed it too. And uh, I think uh, what a lot of people do miss a lot is, uh, you know, it's the Attack on Titan has been a hell of a journey, uh, and to kind of, and like for the people that didn't like like aspects or at all like the ending, uh, you know, I, I feel like. I don't know. For me, I can still appreciate the journey, even if the ending was a little iffy. And we've always you know? said you have to appreciate the journey because you're not going to hate something. Oh, I hate it. And oh, I should hear the words of some people I talked to just, oh, it was trash. And I don't know what I was like. Yeah. But what about the other 95% of the story? Like we were invested for a reason. And Attack on Titan was that anime that, you know, even non-anime watchers were watching so like rico said the journey is there you have to appreciate it for what it is definitely definitely going down as much watch te television either way i agree. agreed agreed so yeah uh hopping over to film uh i'll have a couple things that i'm just gonna run through real quick just because i think you know the announcements are just what they are and then the last two, I think we'll probably get into a little bit more discussion. I'll run through these, let you kind of give your opinion if you have something either way. If, and then we'll kind of get into the last two, which I think we'll, we'll talk about more. So uh, just kind of like the little list is uh, the Penguin has been delayed to fall 2024 due to studio refusing to pay their actors fairly. Again, that plays into the whole strike and all that stuff. Uh, Yellowstone, which in my opinion, must see TV, uh, is kind of like game of thrones but ranch ranches and all that kind of stuff like cowboys right uh it will end in 2024 and they're also going to be two spin-offs coming uh funny that this one came up right after i think we recorded our last podcast marcus and i usually stay on a little bit afterwards just to talk about stuff and we look at stuff online and go down rabbit holes and stuff <laughs> we ended up watching like some horror stuff right and he somehow or another we ended talking and we ended up talking about the movie it follows well the next day, it they they come out with it follows two is in the works and it's <laughs> gonna be called Day Follow. Where I was like, whoa, Marcus, we feels like we manifested this somehow, right? And 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 it's not the first time, dude. Like, had I said it, dude, there's several instances where Rick and, I, Rick, Rick and I would just be talking about certain things what we want, we don't want, and it's just all of a sudden next day or two, it's like poof, here it is. It's like oh, what? Like, and we always crack up um, about it or whatever and i i think one of the instances the other instance that came to mind was it was way back when uh, it was an overwatch thing something simple it was in regards to may and i said man we're uh it's like for someone like me so how come may doesn't uh reload ammo she needs a little something she, she, she needs, she needs a little something, something. Yeah. how come she doesn't reload ammo like when she gets her thing it makes sense she reloads ammo and goes like yeah yeah we're talking about it boom next day a freaking patch came out oh yeah she can be able to reload ammo now we're like what the hell <laughs> Yeah, and I guess again, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's bound to happen because we talk so much, right? But sometimes, when, stuff, right, right? Yeah, when it happens, when it happens, like it's just it's it's always funny, and we the always like was, we always giggle back and forth. The it one was pretty funny because we caught it. Rico, Rico, I never seen the movie, and Rico was watching the trailer, and we were laughing, and I, it was kind of creepy, and we was just kind of talking about it. And the next day, Rico sends me that thing. I said, "Man, get out of here!" I was cracking up, man. Like, how do we manifest this stuff? And it happened another example with um. I don't remember what exactly what it was. I don't remember if it was a direct or it was like a ton direct. It was something relating to like a, a show or something like that. And we were talking about it and then poof, it came out. And it was, it's just different things, you know, that, that we talk about and we just kind of manifest them. It was a direct. And then the next, the next morning you text me about the announcement and you, you just put, bam, there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just trying to call it, you know, and it just because and obviously everybody has their rumors online and stuff like that. And and I but but it's funny because remember that that, that particular rent I had been saying I had been calling it for like m even months before and months all the way up. And sure enough, just bam, it happened. I was like, what did I tell you? <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, so that that was a good uh, a fun one this week. Uh, the other two things I have is that uh, the script is reportedly ready for a Ghost of Tsushima movie, and they are quote very close to getting their shit together on that project. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a quote. So um, that's interesting. Another video game movie coming into you know coming into the whole uh, film universe. Uh, then the last thing is that uh, Lawrence Scher says the Joker 2 is a very risky movie and is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, he, and he also adds that the film is in the final stages of production. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously we talked a little bit about It Follows, but uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Joker 2, Yellowstone, Penguin, any thoughts on those? Penguin, man, that was the one that I know we loved. Uh, when we saw Batman, we loved um, Colin Farrell as Colin Farrell, right? Yes, okay. amazing. So, yeah, we loved him as as Penguin, and and it was one of the things where I was like, we need more. So that was actually one of the ones where we had been kind of trying to you know keep a close eye on and stuff like that. So more Penguin's going to be good. More Penguin's going to be great. Other than that, you know, the rest is just kind of wait and see. Um, and ho hopefully everything's good, right? Hopefully uh, get some good stories. Yeah, Yellowstone man is one that you got to check out at some point. You got to put on your list. I know, I know, live action stuff kind of goes to the back of the list for you most of the time. But, <laughs> the back uh, of the list. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I know that this is another one. I know the one that I always push, try to push on you is the uh, the Woody Harrelson, uh, oh, Matthew yeah, McConaughey yeah, yeah. movie, uh, uh, True Detective. True Detective, like that season one is must see TV. Yellowstone for the longest time, I was very like, mm, what did like what? Why do I want to watch cowboys and stuff like that? That's never been my bag. And then I watched it, and man, it's just it's very very good. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Very well, dramatic. I mean, it, it, it took me a while, it took me a while to get through um to get to Tell Lasso, and I I did get to Tell Lasso, and I I binge watch you know both seasons in like a day and a half. And again, that's just one that one day I'm just gonna go watch it, pit, knock it out in one day, and that's it, right? So, yeah, slowly but surely, but I, I do watch, I do watch live action, but like Richard mentioned, I put it like back, back, back there. That's because when it's even back there, there's still a set, a set order in which I'm gonna be watching these things, yeah. So, it, it's a good <laughs> one, it's one of those that, that I would definitely get my stamp of approval for you to watch a little bit of. At least, you know, the early seasons is, yeah. is top tier. Uh, so the last two things I have here that I think will garner a little bit more discussion. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. has reportedly agreed to return as Tony Stark, Iron Man in the MCU. Now, this is not the only thing going on in the whole MCU universe. There's also talks about there's uh, been some writing issues and, you know, some lack of... Uh, Lack of sales, lack lack of popularity with the whole Kang universe and kind of how that has played out and everything. So there's been questions and rumors going around about whether or not they should shift away from Kang. And the new name on the horizon kind of seems to, that's been thrown around, has been Doctor Doom. Uh, so there's that shift possibly from Kang to Doctor Doom. There was also reportedly... Uh, discussion of another movie, Avengers movie, with the original cast coming back. I don't know if this would be like a time 
like a time related thing we're going back in time if it would be like a prequel kind of thing where like we're just going to a story from back when that wasn't told whether this would be like an alternate universe kind of thing uh so that and then coupled with supposedly robert downey's coming back uh what do you think of all this i know some people are kind of over the whole hero thing i hear it actually a lot mm-hmm. in our friend group uh and you know it, it, it's also a it, it's a valid thing you know we kind of it kind of started what a, a maybe 20 years ago now yeah no i mean came out when, when i was in, we were in high school you know what i mean and, and i've always been very vocal about the superhero fatigue you know every time you watch a marvel movie it's kind of like damn you know which does make you appreciate when a movie is good you know guardians 3 was amazing i know i it was even it was even existent when i saw uh shang oh no, shang is it yeah, shang chi um though the other ones like thor i was kind of you know here and there but it, it was a real real thing a very real thing and for them to bring back robert downey jr i don't know about you but iron man was never my favorite but robert downey jr is the man <laughs> so my thing my only thing is like okay I don't know what capacity or whatever, but are they're going to bring them back. And obviously if they do, you know, when it comes to deaths, that does obviously have some sort of play when it comes to, you know, the impact, especially from this case for Endgame, uh, his death. And that was, you know, it was, it was intense. It was good. It, it made everything worthwhile there towards the end, but it's Marvel. Marvel is no stranger, no stranger whatsoever to bringing back dead people, especially in the comic books and stuff like that. And I know Kang, Kang was always talked about and I mean, whatever had happened, but Kang was never really huge as far as just like he was, he was like everybody knew Thanos, even the casuals knew Thanos. Nobody, hardly anybody, just maybe the hardcore fans kind of knew who Kang the Conqueror was. He, he didn't even come out in a video game, but everybody knows Dr. Doom and Dr. Doom had two iterations already and obviously both not good, but I'm... For one, kind of curious. It's piqued my curiosity more so. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Being one of the ones with the Marvel and even Marvel's just trying to figure something out, trying to get their sales back up and their Marvel merchandise, their franchise back in check, trying to figure, they're trying to figure something out. It's piqued my interest. I'm no lie. I'm curious. I want to see in what capacity Robert Downey Jr. comes in. I would love to see the original Avengers. You know, sometimes, you know, the whole grand scale time thing, whatever. Hey, you know, we appreciate these small stories. Even Guardians 3 was a very concise story told. And, and we appreciated that. So I, it's piqued my interest. It really has. You know what I mean? So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. And yeah, I'm pretty positive about this, to be honest with you. What do you think? I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it, uh, uh, at least until like I, we know more about the topic. Because yeah, yeah. By, by I, my, I, I myself am a very big like Kang fan. So just because I know what the guy is, I know what the guy can be. And when one of the things you hear about a villain is the only person that he fears is himself because of obviously the story of Kang and the infinite number of Kangs out there in the universe. Like that tells you everything you need to know about how menacing the 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 villain can be. Of course, that's not really the writing that we've gotten uh, in terms of his appearances yet. It started off pretty positive, I thought, with the first iteration that we got in the first Loki series. Uh, I haven't checked out the second one, but I heard that there's some interesting things there and also some letdowns. 
Uh, but particularly the version of him that we got in the in Quantumania, the Ant-Man movie, was kind of just like it showed a little bit of interesting things, and then you know they kind of just did him dirty. Uh, there was a post-credit scene where they showed like some of the potential that we see with Kang and some of his other versions and variants. But uh, I don't know. Like it's a, it's kind of one of those things where like has the damage already been done to that character? Mm-hmm. And do is it time? Even though even though I'm a Kang fan, I'm not like okay. We have to salvage him. Uh, if if it is indeed time to pivot to another another villain, I think that's fine. But I think that they they thus far they've done a disservice to Kang. Yeah, uh, and, big, and, and big, big time. Big time. time. So, so if it's time to pivot, I guess it is what it is. Uh, so, like my feelings on that are a little mixed. But uh, if, if that's what they have to do to do uh, to you know kind of write the ship, make stuff better. Yeah, write the ship. I mean, that's what they got to do. Because I'm also a huge fan of uh, Doctor Doom as well. I, I like Doctor Doom. So, uh, so I mean that with, with that case, it is what it is. In terms of the Robert Downey Jr. thing, I think the capacity in which they bring him back is kind of the important thing for me. I know, uh, you know, him kind of being the one that started it all. And then the scene, you know, the scene I'm talking about in Endgame, which kind of is gut-wrenching for a bunch of us that have been there since the beginning. A lot of us, right? Uh, If they just kind of, if they don't do it in the right way, I feel like that can demean that a little bit. Uh, So if we're going to like a previous story or if it's something like in a universe, a different universe, or it's just like a little temporary thing or stuff like that, I'm on board. Because uh, I also loved Tony Stark. I loved Robert Downey as Tony Stark uh, and as Iron Man. So he was just great. He uh, perfect for the role. Encapsulated everything that Stark and Iron Man are. Uh, so you know what's um, pretty funny about all that. Uh, um, and it's funny because we we think of these things in terms of story. And obviously these guys are thinking in terms of money. <laughs> They're probably thinking we already made our money with Endgame to hell with the story. We're going to bring him back, make more money. And, you know, <laughs> and that, that's what it kind of seems like, you know, it's, it's probably what it is, right? Obviously. Yeah. And, and that, that was going to be my next point. My next point was going to be, <laughs> if they're doing it to tell a story, and to kind of because like it's because it, it, it makes sense you know like people want to see this guy back, uh, then then that's okay. And if they're gonna tell like a good story about it and make a good film out of it, like I'm okay with it. But if this is kind of like also a desperate attempt to like, uh, you know, stuff's getting kind of rocky. People aren't liking the content. You know, pe- people are feeling this fatigue. Everybody keeps saying, oh well, it's you know, it's not Thanos. It's not like the OG heroes and all that. So you know what? Sign him in. Sign him. Bring him back. Make another movie. You know, shut him up. Bring back Iron Man. Bring back Tony Stark. Bring back. Uh, Robert Downey, you know, like, <laughs> if, if, if this is not, like, if it's some sort of desperate attempt at, like, a Hashirama cell, like, I, I'm not down with it, you know? <laughs> I mean, we, and, don't, we don't like Hashirama cells around here. <laughs> and uh, maybe, good, you know, maybe maybe that opinion will change once we get, like, the content and see what it is. But uh, I, I don't, I, I just hope that it's not just, like, a grasping at straws, like, oh, like, we're in trouble, so let's bring back like the big star. I, I I don't. I hope. I hope it's not either. I hope they. I hope they. If they do and bring him back and again, I'm. I'm no. I don't mind them bringing bringing him back. You know, it, but it does depend in which way. I don't want there yeah. to be some just like, oh, hey, different universe, real Gamora. You know what I mean? Uh, different universe. You know, here we're just gonna be the main guy now. Um, 
again, the capacity in which they bring him back, I think, should obviously play a role. Um, it's going to be curious to see, you know, just Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. just coming back in which capacity he comes back and how that's going to resonate with everybody. And again, I'm no, I have no issue with, with them bringing people back from the dead. We see it all the time in anime. You see it all the time in comic books. You see it all the time in video games. You know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting, you know? Yeah, that, that I don't want. I don't want him to come back from the dead. I want, I'm okay with him coming back different version, different universe, different timeline, different whatever, but not, not, the same one. not like he's back. You yeah. know, and there was some interesting talk like a, a while back about poss- us possibly seeing Iron Man again, but a different version of him. And there was a lot of talk about them bringing in Tom Cruise to be a different iteration of Tony Stark, which that was real interesting to me. But uh, I just don't want them in any way to demean such a beautiful ending for a character. And that that was 10 years in the making, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, I don't, I don't know. To me, that, that would brush that off a little bit, at least for me personally. Uh, so, yeah. And, it, not, and not just him, but, you know, there's been talks about the whole cast coming back. So let's see what happens there. Mm-hmm. I know Black Widow is another one that would be big, like, if they brought back two, since everything played out the way that it did with her. Uh, so, yeah, uh, big stuff coming, it looks like, for MCU. Um, last thing I have here for film, and I put this at the end just because it's going to tie into our first thing with gaming, is uh, Zack Snyder is, and I quote, a great fit for the Gears of War movie, says the franchise's creator. Uh, if you know anything about Gears of War, you know it's kind of a darker uh, setting, darker story and stuff like that. So Zack Snyder going into that, you know, according to Cliffy B, like the creator, says that, you know, he's, he's down, he's game. Uh, and with that, I'll jump straight into gaming because Cliffy B also said that he believes that Gears of War uh, series is ready for a reboot, which he says, you know, should be something akin to the 2018 God of War little like reboot. And uh, he added, uh, Phil Spencer has my number. I'd be happy to consult uh, anytime. So, uh, you know, Gears of War, not just film, but gaming, possibly a movie, which we've been talking about uh, for a while. We know it's supposed to be coming. Uh, Zack Snyder's been tied to that, kind of getting the endorsement here from Cliffy B, then talks about, uh, you know, maybe not a complete hard reboot, but a soft reboot, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait to to see, because this is kind of a little bit newer. Uh, so what do you think of that? What do you think of, are you, are you down with the Zack Snyder? Gears of War, yeah, and what, we, what do you think of a reboot of the series? So, starting from the Zack, Zack Snyder Gears of War, Zack Snyder's always been real good with the very dark, nitty-gritty, dystopian, you know, alien, okay. zombie-type stuff. Um, he, he's done. He's always done a real good job with, with that setting and just um, those themes and stuff like that. So, that, that's good. That's good all around. He's perfect for Gears of War. I do agree. Now, as far as a reboot, and it's funny that, and he was very specific as far as what game he said, game Gears of uh, God of War. Yeah, yeah so, no, no mistake there, game of the yeah, year. Yeah, no, yeah, no mistake. <laughs> and, and in that capacity, you're going to be telling this very, because, you know, the God of War reboot from 2018 and stuff, that's where it introduced it as a third person, light RPG aspect adventure story game, right? So Gears of War would be a RPG shooter story game type thing. Also, that's going to be telling a one hello story, which I'm okay with, you know, in what regard? 
are they going to tell the story? And again, usually when it comes to reboots and stuff like this, it's because obviously part five, the story going down there, it's to me anyways, it's always because of the shift in heroes. People, I guess, didn't latch on to these new heroes that they thought they would. So they're going to go back, play it safe and, you know, bring who back. You know, Marcus Phoenix is Gears of War. Uh, Dominic was also that uh, um, um, secondary character that people loved and stuff like that and obviously you know in one of the future games and stuff like that but bringing back marcus phoenix you know and in, in the very in the protagonist role and the main character role being the guy like he normally is is probably the route they're going to go and i don't know about you but I, I i do i played all the way until part four i actually really enjoyed the story but marcus phoenix was i i like marcus phoenix a lot and if you're telling me i get to play as marcus phoenix rpg beat him up shoot him up type thing all over again i'm okay with that <laughs> so uh that's it's good information i think it's good if, if you're a Gears war fan i think it's positive uh information i think it's something to look forward to and yeah i, I would be on board yeah so um i'm a huge gears of war fan i know uh the the biggest one in our group is probably omar so i'm sure omar, he's excited yeah. about both of these uh but clarify this for me just because i'm not as familiar with the whole god of war story and all that stuff um, the reboot was it, it did not overwrite anything that happened in previous games, right? Like it was more of a soft, just like we're starting over with Kratos yeah, or we're telling a different it's a different version of Kratos, kind of, at least from what I understand. But like clear that up as to to me and to anyone that doesn't know, like what what was that shift where they would say like that was a reboot? What what exactly was the difference between God of War like before and God of War twenty eighteen moving on? The the main probably the main proponent would be in which the story was being told. Keep in mind the Gears of War one, two, three, Ghost of Spartan were all basically beat 'em ups. You're you're Kratos, you're going in there, you're just you're devil may crying the hell out of everybody and anything and every single boss. You're taking out the Olympians, you're taking out the Greek gods, even some Roman gods, you're taking out um what's his face? Gaia and all those mother and mother all them. And so the twenty eighteen reboot Basically, it did not undo any of that. We're just dealing with Kratos in a kind of, obviously, order perspective. Everything said and done. But they changed the core mechanic of Gears of War. It became a story-driven, story light RPG adventure game where, where now we're really getting to understand Kratos as a character. And not only that, we do get, obviously, the new villains in this case. In 2018, we had the, um, the Vikings, Norse mythology gods coming into play and stuff so they kept the story in line but what made it a soft reboot was you didn't have to play you didn't have to know that he just killed all these other gods and yeah there was a story but the story wasn't anything too crazy you can literally go find a 10 minute video on all three and you'll have been caught up so the soft reboot does come into the gameplay the mechanics and the new story that's told you know from from kratos now, now we're getting more invested in him okay that that makes sense so um, yeah, I guess we can we can probably like you say imagine that uh, we're are going to be seeing Marcus back if some if, if something like this happens, or if they're going to really take a chance, maybe they do try and you know focus a little bit on some of the other characters. I know Dom, Cole, Baird were all super popular too, uh, but I guess it's this is still just uh, comments from Cliffy B. So it's kind of like a wait and see judgment. Gears of War Judgment. Judgment. Mm -hmm. That one was a lot of fun too. And again, anytime you get to play as 
the, its side characters in a main character role because we love those side characters already. Because what that one came out after part three or before part three? Uh, I think that was after. Mm-hmm. After, so like we knew these characters, and every so often you got to play them. Then when you actually get to play them, play them, and experience your side stories, that's also a lot of fun. Obviously, when the advancements there, that's when the those those type of games become a lot more fun. Yeah. So again, it's just something we're gonna have to see. Again, he's kind of lobbing up the ball and kind of putting it in Phil Spencer's court. So we'll kind of see. I mean, that's somebody that historically has been doing pretty good by gamers. So. Let's see if like he takes the bait and we end up with something like this down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I'll go into real quick uh, announcement that is, uh, and I'll put it. I'll just put it here and kind of throw it out there, not because you know it's exciting or anything, but uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the hidden treasure of Area Zero Part Two, the Indigo Disc, is launching on December fourteenth. So a little over a month from now, we'll be getting the part two of the big DLC for Scarlet and Violet. Uh, not not really too much else other than that just we got the date we've kind of already seen a lot of what's coming um and i'm sure we'll get more announcement uh, maybe some kind of little announcement or something between now and then but it's it's coming and uh coming fast so all the pokemon heads like myself out there we have a date to look forward to nice. now i've been playing a lot of resident evil i, I did pick up the uh the remake and have been loving it uh the remake of part four that is and uh, have been loving it, getting real into it, and uh, you know, getting back into this whole Resident Evil uh, lore kind of thing. And uh, have been wanting to like go back and play all the games. And then uh, this kind of all started because of rumors of Part Five being remade, and then Part Nine uh, already being in development. Now we got a little bit more news about like the whole Part Nine thing being in development. Uh, the talks are that it is going to have the biggest budget out of any game in the franchise ever, which that's interesting. Uh, let's see where where they go with that. I guess it's going to depend on how popular it is, obviously, whether that is going to have been worth it or not. Uh, the other thing that's really interesting is that uh, there's, they say development actually started in 2018. Uh, and they're saying that it won't come out not next year but the year after which would be 2025 which would make it seven years of development for a game like this with the biggest budget in the franchise and it reportedly is going to be closing up some of the stories uh that we've seen uh in the franchise thus far and possibly kind of start to shift resident evil in a new direction uh what do you think about that what do you think about the budget what do you think about the long development period and what if any do you think uh stories in the series need to be closed up and where do you think would be a good idea to pivot that 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 last but that's a good question that last one but let me start again with the budget and with kind of the time frame that's been development it makes me wonder just one thing how big is this game going to be clearly right and are they going to make it a more traditional Resident Evil type game? Because if you're, if you're putting this amount of money, if it's been, been in development for this long, uh, I'm super curious as what to the, what to the creative ideas are going into this game is. Because it's not, I don't, at least I don't think it's going to be something similar to Biohazard or, or Resident Evil um, Village. You know what I mean? Just your, and those have been your standard. Um, Resident Evil games, the re- uh, Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 4 remake, like 
the formula has been relatively the same. So if this game has been in development for that long, obviously two games had already come out during that time frame, and the budget is huge. So that I'm kind of curious as to what the actual scope of this game is going to be. And, you know, and maybe or maybe just going to be a long same more of the same formula, which is going to be a longer type game trying to wrapping up these stories and stuff like that. So that's going to be the question going forward. Just in what how big is this game going to be as far as the money and then the amount of time that they have already put into it? You know, so we'll see more of that going forward. Now, for some of those stories kind of wrapping up, the only ones I can probably think of and just because they've they've been the more prominent ones. Because we haven't really seen Jill, we haven't seen Claire, we've seen just Chris. Chris, and I know Ethan Winters, I thought what was going to be that beginning of of telling those new stories and stuff like that. Because again, Resident Evil Biohazard was supposed to be that. I know when it came out, people were just kind of tripping out over, oh, no Chris, no Claire, no Jill, no Leon. Like, it's, it's something totally different. But the gameplay was still a lot of fun, and just the horror aspect remained a lot of fun. You know what I mean? So... Chris would be the only person that I can think of, maybe if they want to wrap up those those storylines and stuff like that. But again, it's it'd be very easy for them to backtrack when the community just says, "No, we need Chris or we need Leon or we need some, we need we need familiar faces," and then kind of bring those back in. So I'm not really sure in what what they would be doing or what plans they have going forward. I, I loved Ethan Winters. I, I did like the new characters and stuff like that. And if you gave us more new characters, I think that'd be good. But I think the community, for the most part, does like their Chris Redfield. You know what I mean? So that, that's going to be interesting to see, you know, these storylines and what they wrap up and then what new stuff they bring up. And now, if they want to pivot away from, like, I guess, the virus and kind of go into, you know, the virus is here to stay. It's not here to stay. Do they want to, <clears throat> they, do they want to stop it and then bring it back? Like, those are other stories you can kind of tell, especially since... You know, Resident Evil has been going into that, uh, I guess, long-term dystopian period already. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it'd be it'd be kind of interesting to see. You know, well, because what Village took Village has already taken place. Obviously, Chris is a lot older and stuff like that. And then we have uh, Blue Umbrella and stuff like that. So I would like to see more of a story that it's either gone or it's or it's they've learned to live with it and see more of this maybe down the road you know years down the road maybe no more chris maybe no more no 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 more of these og guys and then give us like a new a new whole story that takes place down the line i don't know that, that that's gonna be interesting also to kind of see what they give us yeah i think for me i think with the uh with the budget thing it says that they're having to invest like something big they're 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 banking a lot on this game being big i think with with uh, you touched on it a little bit with them having developed this game for so long to where two different titles have kind of been published since then um i think that this i think that would that to me screams that this game will be a little bit more true to form uh for as much as i enjoyed part seven and part eight they were kind of like a different story one about a husband kind of uh going to try and save his wife uh outside within the resident evil universe of course but uh, it was a different story that we're being told there and it it was a good one and it was great like in terms of the horror and all that but it kind of shifted a lot from where we left off with in part like five and six uh and it did play into a lot of like the whole uh you know eventually you learn about uh, the spores and how they're tied into like the virus and all that kind of stuff and then eight did it even more so where 
yes, it was tied into a little bit of like virus and spore and all that kind of stuff, but it was kind of like this remote location where he's going to go save his daughter. And yes, Chris happens to be there. And there's uh, some ties with uh, the kind of leader of the village to like Umbrella and stuff like that. But it was more so a different story. Uh, I feel like this will probably shift back to like the, you know, the two, the Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, more of that storyline because there's a lot of stuff that happened in between there that we don't really know about. We don't really know what Blue Umbrella is. We don't know how it started. We just know that now it exists, right? So maybe that story kind of gets told a little bit of how that came to be, what's going on with Umbrella and all that behind the scenes that we really don't see in parts uh, seven and eight. And then, like you say, like the one constant has been Chris. So how do they, I think his is the story that should be wrapping up if they are going to wrap something up and hopefully move a new direction. If they're able to kind of create those new characters and do it effectively where we're going to care and we're going to be like, okay, like uh, we'll roll with these guys. Uh, To me personally, Ethan, I, I didn't really like him i didn't dislike him he just was and his games were good so i'm i'm good with him so it's one of those hard things where like resident evil is chris neon jill ada wesker like how do you move on and how do you tell like this different story i think ethan did a good enough job uh but to in my anyways to me like he's not up there with the chris's and leon's yet uh, but I guess kind of where they wrapped up the story with him uh, is, is it over for him completely? Uh, there was DLC where we focus a little bit more on his daughter. Is his daughter kind of be going to be the next big, uh, you know, is, is she going to be that pivot? Is it going to be about her now? Are we going to continue to be in this uh, new Resident Evil with like monsters and different diseases and stuff like that, where we see werewolves, vampires, dolls, like all this kind of stuff. Or are we going to go back to that true to form of like more of a zombie plague type thing? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's going to be the new direction, but uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I would like, I'm, I'm a sucker for zombies and stuff like that. And to me, Resident Evil has always been that. Like fighting against the inevitability of you know zombies taking over the world in some way or another. Um, so I don't know. Like even though I love monsters and stuff like that, and I loved the uh, village, um, I don't know how I would feel about that kind of spilling over into the overarching story. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I would think at least for me the hope would be it is back to like true to form zombie outbreak you know we're barely getting by we're trying to revive humanity and stuff like that and then uh you know i'm okay with them wrapping up uh chris you know being my favorite probably my favorite character from all of them i'm okay with them wrapping up his story as long as they do it in a good way you know he goes out you know doing something big dies nah yeah yeah no i'm I'm good with that i've I've never been that kind of person that doesn't want my favorite character to die i'm good with them dying as long as it means something Mm. right so uh yeah this is gonna be this is interesting especially the budget and the development like that's that's a long time if if it is stay if it does stay till 2025 that's again seven years and the biggest budget budget in franchise history so i don't know i think it's exciting especially like since i've been getting so much uh 
so I've been falling back into, you know, the Resident Evil lore and all that, and it's exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, of course, there's been talks about Part 5 coming out with a remake, too. You know, that's kind of been the uh, the formula now. They're doing, like, a remake, yeah. and then they're kind of yeah. doing, like, the they're, they're kind of doing, like, the Pokemon thing, right? Where they do a remake and then a new game, and a remake and then a new game. So up next in the list would be number five, and then we'll get uh, nine probably next year. Or no, five next year, and then nine the year after, which would be 2025. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing, which is kind of a big one, uh, BlizzCon took place over the last couple of days, and it was a really big event, a really big event. Uh, we had uh, announcements for Overwatch, for world of warcraft for diablo uh starcraft was missing but something tells me that like it's not being forgotten it's there down it's it's coming at some point but those kind of being the big three that were focused on uh this past weekend uh we also did get the overwatch world cup we got um a a collab with a k-pop group known as the seraphim which uh was big for the game and uh they performed and had a little concert to kind of cap off the weekend which was actually really good like i i was kind of like oh okay i'll check this out like why not like i've watched everything else and i actually really enjoyed some of their music i actually saved a couple of songs to my playlist so uh-huh. uh what'd you think what'd you think of blizzcon i didn't get to see much of it i tried um i was it was a friday during the day and I did have like a meetings. I didn't have students, but I was like in services all day and meetings all day and stuff like that. So I was kind of, I had it like on a little screen on my laptop on the top left corner, muted, just trying to just get, grab any, any inkling of something. The Overwatch stuff was a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of Overwatch news. Um, the new characters, the Easter eggs, the, the new uh, uh, information coming out for comp and battle, battle pass. And they showed a little bit of, of the new characters coming out. So th- that was a lot of fun. And again, all that information is always fun to see. Uh, I know the World of Warcraft stuff. There was a lot of World of Warcraft stuff. And every time I see World of Warcraft information, I'm always like, huh, like you're talking about just, uh, it's not FOMO because I'm not scared of missing out. I'm just sad I already missed out. <laughs> it was one of those where I was like, I wish I could go play because I've always really loved the Warcraft lore and the stories and stuff like that. So every time I see stuff like that, I'm always just like, damn, you know, and it's just, it's very hard to to get into a game that's already just established like that. Um, I know Classic was meant to bring in these new players, but even then I was just kind of like, well, you know, didn't get a chance on that either. Um, the only thing um, I want to see besides Warcraft, and I'm, I'm still holding out for one day, they say, hey, Warcraft 4 and uh, RTS, here we go. We're going to take all the all the story that you promote Warcraft and we're going to put it into a, you know, 100 hour mainline strategy game. Here you go and stuff. So we'll see about that. And then the other thing was just Starcraft. But either way. Um, I, I don't think there was much mention of that either, but so you, you did say some guy yelled in the, in the, Hey, it was and Starcraft show some of Starcraft and they started yelling. So people wanted it. People are clamming for it. So they know what we want. And, uh, this was, uh, Phil Spencer. I did see Phil Spencer come out and kind of, you know, do his address and since now Microsoft owns Blizzard and stuff. So, um, I didn't get to see a lot of it, but I know you were trying to, you're trying your best to feed me the information. <laughs> so I was just kind of looking every chance I got with, you know, trying to pay attention during this meeting, but yeah, man, uh, you're you're the one with more of the information than I am. So, what do you think? No, I mean, again, it was broken into like the three parts. I think the part will probably not that we don't care about it, but that we're like the the probably least invested in is probably Diablo, which they just went into like some of the DLC coming up. 
uh, it seems like Diablo was kind of one of those games right now that's in a weird place. It launched uh, very, it sold very well. Uh, one of the biggest launches, I think, in Blizzard history, if, if I'm not mistaken. If I, if it's not Blizzard, it's Diablo, at least Diablo for sure. One of their biggest launches, or probably the, their biggest launch. And uh, it, was, it was kind of a letdown for a lot of people. So I know the this second season that we have, which is like the season of blood or something like that, is supposed to be um, a step in the right direction. They talked a lot about some of the changes they made and why they changed it. Uh, one of the things for me, most notably, was like the adding of like a mid game, which one of my problems very early on was that you finish the game and then you pretty much it's pretty much a grind fest from end of campaign to hitting level 100. You're going to be grinding the same dungeons over and over and over and over and over. And what was bad about that was the only way to do it effectively and get it done quickly was to get in a four-man team and everybody just clear, 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 clear. You know, just DPS, 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 clear, everything, destroy. And then the only thing was, like, the campaign and then Uber Lilith. Now there's supposed to be some kind of mechanic where, like, you are fighting bosses, like, here and in between. And, like, there's different varying degrees of difficulty and stuff like that. So... Um, I think it's a step in the right direction. I think they still have a long way to go. But for the game, for what it was at launch to now having grown, um, they talked about that we're having a new class going forward with the first expansion and that it's going to be something new. So it's not something that we've seen before. So I think that's good. But of course, we have a lot of fans that, of old classes that want to see some of those back. Mm. So it's a little bit bittersweet, you know, fresh. But, you know, where's, where's my character, right? Yeah. Uh, from one of the earlier uh, games. So that's Diablo. Warcraft, I think, did something interesting. And there, that's it's a very interesting game because there are two versions. There are classic and there are, like, the live game, right? Uh, in terms of the classic game, I know they added something. I don't fully understand it, but I know a lot of people, at least from seeing some of the content creators' reactions and stuff like that, like, they wanted something called, like, Classic Plus or, like... Uh, it's going to give them different options or like how they're going to be able to play and loot and bat and grind and bosses and all this kind of stuff. I know they did announce that they're doing the, one of the DLCs is the, it's not the burning crusade. Is it? it it's one of them that's coming back to classic. Uh, so I know a lot of people were happy about that. Which one? Cataclysm. Yes. That's the one I think cataclysm. So that's, 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 you know, up next. And uh, they did, mentioned some interesting things i'm not as familiar with warcraft i don't know really how the game works or anything like that but something about you're going to be able to now experience see what it feels like to be a certain kind of character but as a tank so like what i understood from that is oh okay so this character is not meant to be a tank but now you're going to get to experiment with that so, which to me, I think is always good. Variability in builds and stuff like that in those kinds of games, to me, is always like, hell yeah. You know, like, you're going to get to uh, off-roll your, your certain class and race or whatever it is that you pick in that game. And uh, try, try mix and match, try different things. Uh, so, I, I think that's positive. Then in terms of, like, the live game, they talked a lot about, th- this is the one I understood a little bit better and I thought was, was a cool concept. They talked about this idea of from here, from here on out, like the next three DLCs, it's going to be three different DLCs or expansions. I know they call them expansions here, but it's going to have an overarching story amongst like all three of those. 
I forget what the what they called it exactly, but there there was a name for it. Uh, but it's basically gonna be like three three expansions under the umbrella of one big story they're trying to tell. Uh, and they they got into them all a little bit. They brought back. Uh, I I it didn't hit me as much, but in watching some people react to the the guy that they brought back to do the Warcraft thing, like I'll there was a lot of emotions. Go ahead. Wait, no, the guy they brought back to do the Warcraft thing. They they brought back a person, a certain individual that got up there, and he was hyped for like making all the Warcraft announcements. He's the one that announced like the overarching story and the three expansions. And he was very animated. He was very loud. Uh, I would imagine it's like, you know, somebody that for some reason kind of bowed out and is now back mm. at Blizzard. That's what he talked about. Do you know who like the head guy is like for, for uh, uh, WoW? I don't, I don't remember. But I do remember the story that a lot of those guys did end up, you know, leaving. And it was always those guys who were part of the company originally. So now I'm curious if it was that dude. Remember, a lot of those guys who, um, what you call it? Part of Blizzard, started Blizzard, made Blizzard what it is, are probably no longer there. So now I'm kind of curious, you know, if... if Chris Metzen. Chris Metzen is his name. Hmm. He was up there and he he got the crowd hyped. And he, everything he announced was hype, and he added so much to all of that. I'm not sure exactly what he is to Warcraft, but basically by the reaction I got from a lot of the people, not just in the crowd, but content creators and all that, like, he's, he's big in, in the WoW scene. Uh, again, I'm not, a WoW pe- I'm not a WoW player or anything like that, so I don't know what... Uh... Let's see. So he's a WoW game director. Okay. Oh no, he has a new role. He's not the game director. Creative advisor. Mm. So, I don't know what he was previously. I'll I'll look it up right now. But uh, his stuff was hype, uh, and I know like we we kind of both have that like, uh, you know, it's a shame that we never got into Warcraft because it was, it's a big investment, and now at this point it's kind of like oh well where am I gonna start? Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, I, I I know we have a little bit of investment, especially because like the stories that we get like from all the Warcraft stuff is always so big and always so cool and stuff like that. And Blizzard stuff in general, always the story is always amazing. Uh, and then of course Overwatch. Uh, big thing is we got the reveal of the new hero. Maui is finally here. I mean, sorry, Mauga oh. is finally here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and uh, pretty cool thing that they let us play him through the weekend. Also, so we got to kind of play test him a little bit early. Uh, it, uh, with the announcement, anyway, it kind of seemed like it was going to be scary OP, but that's really not the case. Once we got him in our hands, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a cool play style to him, a fun play style to him, but there does seem like there is that fall off uh, in certain aspects of his play style, which is good because you don't want to have a tank that's just ridiculous. Perfect, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, Cool, cool that we got the Mauga uh, finally. I know we've been waiting for him for a long time, which it was funny because they they kind of played around with that a little bit. Uh, other thing is they did show us the next two heroes that we're gonna expecting and give us a little tease of uh, of a third. Thank God, I was. I know people were salivating all little Easter eggs and stuff like that. It was real cool. <laughs> yeah, which which yeah. I went back, which I went back and they did mention like, oh, we're testing a 
a tank, a DPS, and a support. So I was the first time I thought like, oh, obviously the tank that they're testing is Mauga. But then I thought, but then later, like once I saw everybody talking about like just and it's literally just a like select icon is yeah. all it is, right? But that's yeah. all it takes for the Overwatch community to get super excited. So uh yeah, I wonder if they were talking about him and then at uh, Aaron Keller did also mention uh we're testing more like than just these. We have other things like in on on the horizon too that we're testing. Uh so we do get that play test with Malga. He is gonna go away this weekend and then be back in December. Uh then we'll have another off 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 uh season. Then we're gonna have the new DPS, which we did to get a little bit of gameplay of very early, but gameplay of and then really just to look at the one that we're expecting in season uh I think the DPS would be in 12, so then the other one would be in 14, and then we'll get the other one after. Or no. It, no, is, is the DPS in 10, support in 12, and then 14 would be the new tank, I guess. Um, the other thing they talked about was, like, the revamping of the comp system, which I thought, you know, for me, positive across the board. It's going to be a lot more easy to read. No, they're going to do away with the, uh, you know, five. you need five wins or seven losses. You know, a lot of people were very turned off by that and they didn't know like, oh, but, you know, I have to play four or five more games like just to see what where I'm where like the the needle is moving or whatever in terms of my play and all that and rank. So I think they're clearing that up a lot with the changes that they showed. Um, I think the changes to the battle pass sound good. Some of the themes I thought that they talked about was were were pretty cool. The the horror the horror theme, which kind of is, uh, I forget the, the term for it, but it's kind of like Lovecraft-ish, uh, Cthulhu kind of universe mm-hmm. horror was the theme that they touched on. They also said a witch uh, theme would be upcoming. And then a mirror universe, which I thought was really interesting, uh, meaning that it'll be one of the, it'll, in that season, it'll be a universe in which the heroes are the bad guys and the bad guys are the heroes. So I thought that would actually be real cool. Um, what else did they touch on? Anything else I'm, you think I'm missing? I mean, you, I just saw bits and pieces and whatever I got from the you. New, I, I know they did like a co-op um, Hero Mastery stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, hero. they're going to add more Hero Mastery. There's going to be a co-op Hero Mastery that's going to be like a tower defense of sorts. Um, but yeah, there there was all that. The World Cup. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it was probably one of the best, like, competitive shows for overwatch if you're into that uh that i've seen in a long time because every single it was best of three and every single game went to map five and then the finals i was telling marcus was a reverse sweep and uh, a lot of those games went into overtime and it was just really really fun and there was a lot on the line you know because since it was like a world cup style is like every people every person represents their country uh you know it's for the pride of your country Right, so there's a little bit extra motivation there, and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia did end up winning, which was huge. Uh, you know, it's always it has always been Korea, South Korea, and then the U.S. won this last time that we had the World Cup. So those were the only two that have ever won. Uh, so yeah, we have a, we have a new world champs, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Congrats to them. I know I'm a big fan of uh, their tank player KSA. Uh, you know he's a sigma pretty much a sigma god so it was it was cool to watch him play and win and stuff like that uh so yeah i mean blisscon was was amazing and then was the concert to 
to kind of cap everything off was just like wow just uh i sat there and i'm like wow like we just had that crazy tournament we had announcements for these three huge games and then now we have a k-pop concert at the end so it, it was overall a great event a great weekend of uh, you know being able to learn about some of these games and uh, you know especially the one that we're super invested in overwatch so it was a good event yeah great i know uh, we didn't really touch base but on um what were your thoughts on Mauga? initial thoughts on Mauga? uh i think he's a lot of fun which i think we can both agree he's super fun super different dynamic uh my worry again was that i thought man like what is I, there has to be some sort of drop off which there was and it was it's in the kind of realm of like the range in which he's like most effective because there's like a range in which he's very very effective and does a lot of damage and can do a lot then it slowly drops off and you are still effective but not as effective and then there's a big drop off where you kind of just aren't doing anything yeah. other than like poking and there's still ways in which you can uh you can do a little more uh which i kind of picked up on when you're like out of your range but uh his kit is just so much fun the ult to me is the one that's really interesting because everybody you know cage fight people we talked about this a little bit cage fight people right away are like oh you're trapped in here with me and i'm gonna kill you but there's so much functionality in the trap in just the trap and not necessarily like i'm gonna kill you mm -hmm. so i think that's gonna be huge and i hope that I, I for one hope that he goes through mostly as is i don't know what changes they'll make but hopefully it's minimal what do you yeah. think i had a lot of fun with him i know one of the things was I don't want to say dependent because like Rico had mentioned some of the, some of the, his drawbacks are drawbacks, but some of his strengths are strengths. I know a lot of the times when you had support that were supporting, you know, whether it was an aid or healing or whatever, any aspect it made, it made support that much more re relevant, just being, being that tank. So he is, you know, obviously team first, as big as he is, you think, Oh, I'm going to go in there and kill everybody. No, he, they, they kept that team functionality with him through everything else he enables his 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 dps his support enable him and he and and, and if everybody's working together he can be very very oppressive if, if obviously if the team is going right but then like rico had mentioned he's so big and his hitbox that if he's caught by himself even for five seconds or something like that oh he's oh shit even reaper oh, two hanzo seconds. two, two seconds. seconds yeah he he's going down He's going down. And that's the cool part. Again, is that a team uh, by himself, two totally different parts of the spectrum. I mean, when I had fun, I was I was having a blast. Even when I was dying, I said, okay, cool. I knew what my mistakes were right away. Like, okay, like all oh, overextended. I didn't have I didn't have my guys with me. I know what I did. So if anything, I hope he does encourage more of the team aspect type stuff. Because I was real quick or like with sometimes even with Ryan where sometimes I feel like I'm gonna go in and I'm just gonna swing my damn hammer and hopefully kill everybody. Where this guy, when I was dying quickly, I knew I messed up. You know what I mean? Like like I wasn't questioning anything else. No, no. I knew I messed up. I had to go back. I didn't have my team, you know, like I couldn't enable anybody. But then at the same time where when I was going in, I was I was like, yeah, we we're, we're we're firing on cylinders on what and we we're having a blast. And then right, like Rico mentioned with his ult, like it's th there's a lot of 
tech to it. I, you know, whether it's tr holding off because again, it traps people and you can, you, you basically can take up a zone, you know, and just keep it or, or, have people stay away from it you know what i mean for x amount of time because let's say for example even if it's something like you 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 trap three guys and you're obviously going to lose the fight but over on the other side you're the four guys are taking out two of the dudes by the time these other three get over there it's a 4v3 fight you know coming in with half health there's something basic like that like there's there's a lot of tech to it that can be enabled not just i'm going to trap these three guys and hope to kill them no there's a lot of positioning that can also come into play with his old so i'm kind of curious to see what you know once once people have their hands on them for a long time more or less what comes out of of exactly what his ult can be you know his full potential but i had a lot of fun i really did more for our play style my play style just get in there kill people beat them up yeah and i i think the i think the codependency on the team is not it, it's it's a uh it's a rush uh, play style thing in general because you think of the like you mentioned Ryan, Junker Queen, uh, Arissa to a certain extent like those brawl more brawl style heroes. If you go in there on your own, like you're gonna get melted. As strong yeah, as Ryan and Queen and those like even Zarya, Zarya maybe is a little different because she does have a lot of self sustain with those bubbles. But if you go off on your own, like hey, you're you're gonna get punished. You're, you're gonna get punished and. Uh, uh, Mauga with just his hitbox being so huge is just very punishable. A big, a big so, target. And to top it off, his the other team will 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 probably be farming their ult with him. <laughs> yeah, and then also one thing I brought up was the absence of like barrier or armor, which uh, you know means a little bit of a uh reduction damage reduction right at least until you break into his health him even though he's beefy since it's just health you know you can melt that very very quickly mm -hmm. so uh yeah i mean good experience with him uh a fine and not really an oppressing uh experience playing against him either uh and you know when i played support when i played uh dps against him you know i still had a good time it was actually super fun playing dps against him because like uh, let me just say if you if if he's still up and you're listening to this or when he comes out eventually get your uh get your genjis ready get your hanzos ready because you're gonna go to town on this guy <laughs> yeah well, you just sure. just hit the big eight foot guy in the on the middle point and you're gonna you're gonna have hard. a good time yeah <laughs> so yeah, he's he's not unbeatable. Like Marcus, Marcus nailed it when he said he's not oppressive. Uh, he can feel like it, but then you know you just gotta adjust what you're yeah. doing. And if you're not gonna do that, well, you're you're in for a bad time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. And uh, as far as I know, it's the first time they ever do something like this where they kind of let us like test somebody, right? Yeah. No. Again, I I hope we get more of this type of stuff in the future. I, I really like the line. I did I did catch the super tail end of of the Overwatch thing, and, the, and they caught the conclusion. I did like the line, full transparency. And I've always think I've always thought it's very important when it comes to the players, especially when a game like Overwatch, where it's competitive based and it's a free game and stuff like that. But full transparency as far as their ideas and what they're doing. You know, they have their videos. They have their their what are they called? Where, where they share what they're thinking, what they're doing, and stuff like this, where they're really showing you. And then this is the first time we got to test out a guide. I would like more of this type of stuff in the future. You know what I mean? So I, I'm cool with that. And again, 
great stuff. Great stuff all around. Yeah. So anything else you want to throw out uh, miscellaneous stuff before I get into Hero of the Week? No, no. That's that's it for me. Okay. The only thing I'll mention is, dude, how about those freaking... How about those... Uh, in season tournament courts, man, they're abysmal. Oh man, <laughs> they were crazy on the eyes, man. Like they hurt some. Some of them, the the light blue one, I think it was a thunder. One of them, no pacers. It was one of them where I I could not look at it because it was rough. Yeah, there there's maybe one or two that are like bearable, but overall, like I think it's a big miss. I'm I'm not I'm not with it. <laughs> yeah, I think sure. they went they went a little too extreme. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think that's the general sentiment of, along most like NBA fans. You know, the in-season tournament is already something that they're trying to do different, which I'm all for it. I'm for them trying something different, but this this was a little much, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so moving up to Hero of the Week, I'm going to give it to Blizzard for a great event. You know, BlizzCon overall was uh, a lot of fun, for not just for the people that love to watch the World Cup, but I feel like... Uh, general sentiment uh, among all three fan bases, which, you know, their games are covered. Of course, I mentioned it earlier that Starcraft, Starcraft was, uh, you know, missing, but uh, they did mention it a little bit. So I feel like something is coming. But uh, at this time, more Diablo, Warcraft and uh, Overwatch was kind of like what was pushed. And I feel like most of the fan bases came uh, came out with like a pretty good positive like sentiment about like the future of their games and stuff going forward uh of course there's always going to be haters and stuff like that but uh, that's not what blizzcon that's not who blizzcon is for it's for the fans and the people that are going to play and uh, them kind of trying to improve uh you know that their relationship with their fans trying to go with like marcus said things like transparency and uh, make some changes you know the, they did the whole like we're listening thing a bunch of times but it felt like that was real and genuine at least from the changes that we're seeing going forward and uh i feel like them not only with this but also now being under the xbox name uh microsoft and all that i think uh the future looks bright for blizzard and uh you know because of that because of the world cup being a lot of fun and because of uh them bringing k-pop into our lives and introducing us to la seraphim uh-huh. which they had a great i'm not i can't stress it enough it was a great performance their music was very very fun they were very interactive they actually got on the sticks and not the sticks on the keep mouse and keyboard and played a little bit of overwatch uh some of them were pretty good others like were just standing around not knowing what the hell was going on but it was a good time anyway so uh because of all those things kind of coupled together uh, and BlizzCon being a great event, you know, Hero of the Week goes to Blizzard. Very nice. Yeah, and that's it for me. So, Marcus, do your thing. All right. So, again, the awesome, again, uh, Hero of the Week, Blizzard, congrats to them because they put on a hell of a show. I know Rico was just feeding me all the information. But nonetheless, if you haven't checked out Last week episode, we did talk about Attack on Titan coming to an end, which it finally did today. And we're going to get more into that on a separate episode. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we also had Microsoft cracking down on cheating. And then we had a bunch of sequels, Pixar's and movie things that, you know, played into last week. So feel free to give a listen to that. But otherwise, be on the lookout. We do have the Attack on Titan episode coming again. And with that, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>